Alex, we're here. How are you? We're back. <laughs> you don't sound so enthusiastic today. Oh, I just sound like crap because my mic is not working. When is there ever an episode where we don't have someone's always got to have technical difficulties? At first, it was the Wi Fi. Yeah. Then it was Daniel's. It was first, it was my Wi Fi, then Daniel's Wi Fi. Now it's your mic. My Maybe mic's been time. on and off issue the past since we started, to be fair. <laughs> my microphone's like a Star Wars, like the, like the franchise of Star Wars. The quality goes up and down. Luckily, Kenobi is great. And listen, we're going to talk about the hockey for It's a Hockey Podcast. If you're upset that we spent half an hour talking about two episodes of Kenobi, good news. We're only talking about one later because only one more. We, also, we also left it till the end. Yes. Like, how can yes. you be mad? I don't know, but my mom wasn't happy about it. She's like, why'd you spend so much time on Kenobi? I'm like, well, we waited till the end. I mean, we can spend, we can talk. I can, I'm sure I can talk an hour about the Leafs if you want. If that's what people prefer. I don't think she'd like that. (laughs) (laughs) If that's what people prefer. How about this? How about we just talk about Star Wars the entire time? Because I can do it. Uh, Sure. I'm sure I can do it too. I'll just ask you questions. Dungey continues to be alive. Anyway, we should probably talk about the playoffs. We should probably talk about Is there playoffs going on? Yeah, the final four is on, Alex. We're down to four last teams. Uh, Since we last recorded, I guess, yeah, the Rangers advanced. We're going to talk about the Leafs. We're going to talk about the Habs. But to open the show, see, in my notes, I have the Kenobi stuff first, but we're not starting with that. It's just a matter of importance. Okay. The conference finals, they have begun. Yeah, we're down to four teams, Alex. You love to see it. It started last night, Oilers, Avs, game one. The series with no goaltending. And to quote Wayne Gretzky, you got to play defense, man. Thought that was really funny, by the <laughs> Is way. Is that what he um, said? He did, yes. He's like, I'm probably the greatest offensive player ever, but man, you got to play defense. Oh, he was, he was, he was like, no, this is, this is amazing. This is great. This, but you've got to kind of play defense, which I well, thought was really fun. What I can tell you is Mark Spector was asleep after the first period because it was three, two at the end of the first period. And as, as his article mentioned months ago, and I'm still bringing it up because who cares? He said, that's that we're done. It's, this a, is it's a three, two hockey playoff. Hockey is a three, two game. So he was asleep yeah. after the first period. See, it's okay because the Avalanche were leading and they yeah. continue to lead. It was all scary at the end, but I mean, the abs, the first to three, two. So if you want to bend it a certain way, I mean, it, it's all right. But <laughs> that was a that was a messy game. If you're someone who was at Ball Arena in Colorado, it was raining, by the way. Isn't that neat? I don't know why I pointed it out like a weatherman. I sounded like Ron McClain. Huh. Yeah, it was, it was raining up and it's just important context for the game. Yeah, there were how many goals? It was. And, uh, yeah, the it was. It was you raining know, back in the eighties. Wayne Gretzky in the eighties, back in a series in nineteen eight. No, we're not going to do that. Okay. Um, story of this game really is. I mean, I love. It's, how many games have the Oilers played where all four goaltenders played? Because it happened in the first, in the second round. Yeah. There was definitely there was the game where Smith, uh, not Smith. Where well, Smith's been pulled a few times now, and he's probably cost his team three different game ones, I think, so far. Because he had the game, the giveaway in game one versus LA allowed like three goals in the first few minutes of game one versus Calgary and was yanked last night as well. But it's okay, it's fine. It's oh, yeah, he's you know, he's he's just 40, it's fine. But I, I mean, it was it was just a messy game, it was a fun game. But if like if I was a fan of that 
of either of those teams, I don't think I would have a full set of hair in the morning. Unless I was already no. balding, which is you know unfortunate uh, for those people. But. And, it, and if I was a coach of that team, I'd be like, that was, uh, what am I supposed to, like, it was similar to Calgary and Edmonton game one, where it was like, guys, I, I don't know what to take from game one. I've learned absolutely nothing other than the fact that McDavid, uh, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, Rantanen, Landis Scott, like we can run through the list of star players on both teams are star yeah. players. That's what I left last night's game with, even though I didn't get to watch it live. I watched it after the fact, but I left last night's game being like, huh? Like, okay. Like not the, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's the reality of the situation. It was an eight, six game. What am I taking? What am I supposed to take from this? Like you said, there was no defense being played. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. Jack Johnson had, had a rough night. And I remember at the pre-show, they were saying uh, veteran players, Jack Johnson, who if Gerard didn't break his sternum or his sternum was not broken, uh, guess what? Uh, Jack Johnson would not be playing right now. Uh, but he, he was not great. He was not great. Sam Gerard, by the way, uh, not Sam Gerard, who is hurt. Uh, 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 Bowen Byram, I thought was really good. Really, really good. You can see how special a player that is. And Harmon Dial said he's going to be something special if he can just stay healthy, which is uh, which is which is what story. It's really nice that I don't think a lot of us thought he'd be playing in the playoffs because of no. the concussion earlier yeah. in the year. Um, you mentioned Rantanen, by the way, finally scored on a real person, not an empty netter, so that was huge. The car gets on the board, which was good for him because he was shut down in that St. Louis series. Um, but should the goal have counted? It was a big talking oh, point that he didn't have possession. It apparently was not. Um, what's the term? It wasn't a delayed offside, apparently. And the argument was that he doesn't have possession as he's crossing the ice, which I don't buy. By the rules, Alex, that apparently was the right call. But what I want to ask you, by principle, for the good of the game, should that goal have counted? Well, I mean, like, I guess it depends on how you look at possession of the puck. I, I guess is what is the sticking point here. Like, obviously it's not like NHL 22 where like, if you have the puck, you got the red ring above you or, or, or whatever. It's just, I mean, I'd say it was, I'd say it was offside. Like, but again, like, I guess the sticking point is, is what is, and I feel like we've had this discussion before and it's, I feel like it's not the first time on this podcast. We've had the discussion of what does it mean to be in possession of the puck? Um, so that would be, that'd be cool. I know that that'd be cool to know. I know a lot of people on Twitter, uh, obviously it was a highly debated topic, uh, even amongst players. I saw Carlo Koliakovo get into, uh, talk about it i think he was responding to a tim peel tweet um (laughs) again like i I thought it was offside clearly i'm wrong i guess i i don't know (laughs) well i'll read you some tweets here okay um which can probably explain it more better than we can in case you haven't seen it first off i would recommend watching a video of it we can't show it because that's copyright. <laughs> we, we don't own that video, unfortunately. Uh, I'd see, I don't know if it's public thing, but I don't want to take the chance because, you know, if Steve Daniel can't use leaf footage for an LFR, we are not taking that chance. Uh, right. Maybe we can use Guelph Nighthawk highlights, but yeah, sorry for another day. So Eric Angles <laughs> tweeted, that is the worst one I've ever seen, ever. Makar is in control 
in the neutral zone, just ridiculous. Then Mike Johnson replied to him saying, Eric, I love, you know, when somebody starts it with your name, it's going to be good. Mm. Eric, that's not the rule. The standard is in control. It is contact with the puck. You might not like how it looks, but it was absolutely and eventually obvious the correct call. Now, this is what then Bob McKenzie from the top the row. Bob from the father. Shadow, the Bob father, Batman out of the shadows. Gunji from everyone thought being dead. Uh, we're going to get the Gunji reference where we can. Uh, first off, he tweets, tag up. Great way. Second tweet. Makar pushes the puck, pushes, pushes the puck across the blue line with Nikushkin. Nikushkin. Oh, my God. Nikushkin. Ever seen that video of Tyler Sagan and JV Ben trying to say Valerie Nikushkin's name? Really funny. Uh, in, so, anyway, with Nikushkin inside the offensive zone, but Makar doesn't touch the puck and cross the blue line himself until Nikushkin exited or tagged up. Easy call, in my opinion, not offside. Retired insider turned booze mogul was yelling at TV replays to run the replay further to see when Makar touches the puck and when Nikushkin cleared. Um, so, he did he have clear possession? Because if you look, the puck is on its – it's not flat as he's entering the zone. I was – so it's funny, Alex, that you mentioned how we talked about offsides. I thought with all the stuff with goaltender interference and the Coleman kick, I was like, we'll have those discussions in the offseason, but it looks like the offsides have calmed down. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you say it on the podcast? I think you even said I it. On the- I might have. Oh, yeah. But it, it was a thought of mine. And then, okay. and then the NHL said, no, listen. That to me, I thought I thought the Avs were lucky to have it. I I quantify that as that is offside. Uh, it, it just it's the thing of the common sense rule. You know, my favorite saying to use is, "Listen, he if he pushes it, that's still contact with the puck. That's him. At least in my books, there aren't any Oilers straight around him. There, that is still him and his actions putting the puck past uh, the red line." Sorry, the blue right. line. What am I thinking? The past blue the blue line. line. Yeah. Um, if it was past the red line, then we don't even have the discussion. Um, but it, it just, I just don't, I don't like that they counted, and I'm rooting for the abs. I just, I didn't like it. I, I don't think that is a goal that is good for the game. Yeah, imagine what's the thing of if you're a new fan watching that, how do you justify that that is a good goal and then unjustify what isn't one afterwards? You know what I mean? I, I couldn't find it, but uh, there's a fan of the show. His name's Gus. He's Gus, Gus Galloway. Uh, I was talking about this with him, and I could swear there was a, a goal like this when Nick Suzuki had a sort of fumble on it. I, I thought at the time he didn't have full possession as he crossed the line, and I swear they called it back. I couldn't find it, but obviously then the I think there was a goal where Michael Bunting was still in Arizona, where it was called a good goal. I think Freeman was mentioning it. Man, that man's DMs apparently were horrible. I kind of feel bad for him. Um, but I, I just, I, it, it, listen, the rule says it's good. I don't like the rule. Funny, talk about Michael Bunting. Yeah, the rule says one thing. We don't like the rule. And the hello, Calder Trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, okay, so I, I'm just, I've been trying to look for the rule. I couldn't really find it. But like, is the rule not he needs to be in possession of the puck? Is that what the rule says? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Well, in my job, oh God, goodness gracious, hold on. I don't you because the Oilers fans were were complaining about this and they were sending it to Elliot. I'll see if I can find it and I'll, I'll screen share it. Okay, it's just I, 
Because if that's the case, if the rule is he needs to be in possession of the puck, again, like like I was saying before, I very much feel like, and, and I just actually happened because I was looking for the Carlo Koliakovo tweet. He was happened to be tweeting about it too, where maybe we need to look at a way to rewrite some of the rules so it's a little more clear. And it even got the, the uh, okay from Ray Ferraro. So I'm going to just read Carlos tweet real quick. I think rewriting or rewording the NHL rulebook should be a priority this offseason. So the game of hockey can be stop, can stop being so complicated for some. There's been enough controver- controversy these playoffs that warrant it. Time to get it right. I'm so happy ever, we're, we're, people are on board. You know what I didn't like is I think it was so first intermission that was the big talking point, right. and then I think with second intermission Ron McLean was more explaining it, and I, I appreciated he explained it, and I don't think he meant to sound this way, but he kind of sounded like a school teacher explaining it to a kid, and I was kind of like I, I don't like how this is being come across to me. So here's what I, I found on some of the stuff here section one ten, uh, the subsection two I think is how you would say it two eyes. No, um, uh, the defending team passes or carries the puck into the neutral zone. Okay, then if during the course of the delayed offside, but remember this isn't a delayed offside. This is what the Oilers fans were saying. We're throwing at Elliot, but this wasn't a delayed offside. But I'll continue. Any member of the attacking team touches the puck, attains to um, attempts to gain possession uh, of a loose puck, forces the defending puck carrier further back into his own zone or who is about to make physical contact with the defending puck carrier. Um, is this some of the language in the rules? Sorry, right? why wouldn't it be delayed offside, though? Was he not offside? I, so that's what I don't get is how wasn't it offside? Because I saw it because the puck left the zone and Nikushkin was still the other side. Or maybe what they're – I think it was what they were saying because they talked about this again on the 32 Thoughts podcast today. I'm not fully through it, but I think what they were saying was – I guess it's it's not delay. I don't I don't know. I think maybe they were saying because maybe Makar doesn't have full possession when he's no. But why isn't it delayed? No, why I'm isn't it? Me. Why isn't it to begin with a delayed offside? If Makar's on the other side of the uh, if yeah, he's no, on one side of the point, blue yeah. line and yeah. Nichushkin's on the other side of the blue line I to see. begin with, that's why. Okay. Why isn't it delayed offside? If. Yeah. They're on opposite sides of the blue line. Maybe I'm missing I, I'm missing some facts here, but I, I'm that's what I'm unclear of of why it wouldn't have been a delayed offside to begin with. Alex, I am more confused the longer we have this conversation. Okay. And I think Fair. I think that's the this isn't me saying, Alex, you're not explaining it. This is a, the problem with this entire goal. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it I agree. It, it doesn't make the game. I, I, I don't love hockey after this kind of review, um, but just some other points from the game. Uh, Darcy Kemper leaves. Originally, I think it was at the start of the second, he was really late coming back to the ice. There was some equipment stuff, but he ends up leaving due to injury. Um, Jared Bednar said he may play tomorrow, but at the same time, he doesn't know how long he's out, which is concerning. Obviously, he left the Nashville series after he had that stick to his eye. Yeah. Um, people were talking about especially Kelly Rudy and uh, Jennifer Bottrell. He took some shots up high. So is there something with his eye? 
is it a concussion? But if it's a concussion and he's, he can't technically play tomorrow, or maybe that's why they're waiting for clarify, clear up, for clarification, kind of like what happened with Crosby, how they thought it was a concussion. And it turns out it wasn't, but I don't know if I believe that. Um, but uh, to each his own, um, which is concerning. Um, if you're Jay Woodcroft, do you go back to Mike Smith or do you go with Koskinen, who I don't think was bad in relief? Okay, so that that's where that's where I think it you you have to make the decision on what was better last night. Was it Mike Smith or because I feel like uh, when was Mike Smith was last pulled game one, right? Uh, game one of Calgary at Edmonton. I think so. Yeah. He allowed the quick and, goal again in game two, but I think yeah. he stayed with and, and game two, they went back to Mike Smith. So again, I, I saw Jay Woodcroft's quote today saying he still believed in Mike Smith, but we're not sure of game two, which to me, kind of caught me off guard because I'm like, do you believe in him or because if you believed in him, you would start him in game two. But again, this could just be some playoff coach mumbo jumbo throwing quotes out there. Cause you know, noted tellers of truth, NHL coaches as hockey Twitter tends to forget. Um, If, if that's the case, like I, I, my guess is they go back with Smith. I don't see a re like we've seen this in the past. Don't see why now all of a sudden we'd get the change. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'm concerned with Francois. He's a guy who in the playoffs hasn't been amazing. Like regular season, he, I like what he's done, but I think he came in at some point. Was it last year or the year before? And he was not great. If I remember, it wasn't. I can't remember the exact series, but I'm, I'm, I vaguely remember there's a series where Francois came in and he wasn't amazing. Um, and I mean, just, he didn't lock the game down. Now, then again, the refs, as Will, Will very nicely put to me, uh, put their whistles away for, Colo- for, uh, for Colorado at the end of that game. And the, the Oilers sort of got a good chance there. Like there were, there were some calls that I think Colorado should have gotten their way. Then again, there were some high sticks in that they got away with to start the game too. The the, the, the officiating was a little inconsistent. Well, it, what? It's, well, technically it's been consistent, consistently crap. Wait a second. Re- Are you suggesting NHL refs aren't good? Uh, best in the world, Alex. You know what? Come on. Uh, let's call Gary Batman. Exactly. The, the NHL commissioner, teller of truth, would never lie. You, uh, you want to know what else is sort of, by the way, uh, you mentioned coaches lying. That's why I love Gerard Gallant. Yeah, we're going with Shesterkin. Just, just isn't none of these games. We're going with Shesterkin. Uh, well, I mean, I with that. him, he has no, like, no offense to Georgiev, but like, do you have another option? But I'm not, yeah, but the yeah, Alex Gorgiev, yeah, no offense to Georgiev, but you, Gorgiev, yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of Gerard Gallant, all those years ago, Alex, when Gerard Gallant was Vegas's head coach, was fired in Carolina after that Vegas loss, had to take the taxi. One of the most famous images, I think, in modern NHL history, to be honest. Um, a sign of things to come in Vegas when you uh, when you look back at it. Eh? Uh, history yeah. doesn't repeat itself, but sometimes it rhymes. Um, now he goes to the Rangers, obviously, a team that I had missing the playoffs. Um, and now he's got a chance in the final four. That series starts tonight. Uh, but I just wanted, against the back-to-back champs, Hell of a job by Gerard Gallant. Uh, I still don't think he should win the, the Jack Adams, but that's me. But before we get to that series, 
The Canes in these playoffs, 0 for 6 on the road, 7 and 1 at home, but that one loss was game seven against the Rangers. Um, it was a bit, it was just everything went wrong in that game. They didn't have a, I think they had a fair start, but the wheels fell off. Ronta hurt himself very similarly to how Frederick Anderson hurt himself in the regular season. Um, and then the Canes, when they needed to really buckle down, the moment I can't, I never say his, his name right, Kachekov, the guy who, who bit back at Brad Marchand comes in, and the first thing the Canes do is let up back-to-back on-man rushes. One of them, Raheem Stroh misses, the other one he converts, and the Rangers fans everywhere rejoiced. And then they just fell off, fell off after that. Um, very disappointing game seven from the Canes. Um, I've said this all year. Uh, I haven't been, I, I, listen, I haven't been great. Uh, my brackets in shambles. Uh, you, you know that Alex, you've seen it. Um, but the Canes needed to win this year. I'm not going to say fire Rod Brindamore. Like some people are saying, uh, don't do that. Um, but we look back at this series first off. How different do you think it goes with Freddie Anderson in that? Because people have been asking that. That's a interesting question, considering my comments before the playoffs. Um, but I, I am. What did you say? I don't. Well, I, don't I said because the question was posed to me um, at the time, who I would rather play in the playoffs, and I was given four options. I did pick Carolina. One of the reasons being Frederick Anderson. Oh, he's because in the playoffs. Correct. So again, like I I do, I think it goes differently. I I think what it comes down to is like you said, when Kodko, my God, I forgot his name. Kachetkov. Kachetkov. Sorry. Peter Kachetkov. When he came in, that's when at the time Carolina, the wheels fell off. And if that's the team playing in front of Frederick Anderson, then sorry. Like, yeah, no, I don't think this is going any differently. Um, but if we are, we're playing, if the team in front of him is playing like the freaking Carolina Hurricanes, then yes, I, I imagine this is going somewhat differently. Like you, like you, you mentioned right away, you're giving him two two-on-one chances against. I get when you're given those opportunities, you're obviously more likely to score. So you're kind of setting your goalie up to fail a little bit. And if you're going to play like that, then yeah, more likely than not, even if Frederick Anderson was in net, I don't know how differently it goes. Even if Ronto had stayed in that game, I don't know how it's going to go. See, here's the thing is, and those odd man rushes, this wasn't the third when, you know, the scoring effects are going to keep going towards Carolina's favor because they were the ones chasing the game. Mm-hmm. At that point, they were still within striking distance. And to allow that to fall apart defensively for the games to let that happen is so uncharacteristic. Right. And at the end of the day as well, you know what probably would help? Winning on the road. Right. Winning a single road game would probably help too. Mm-hmm. Just one. That being said, though, about the goaltending, yes, I think Carolina made it harder for him. But I think there are goals where, especially in game seven, I think there's a couple of goals that you look at and say, 
if Ranta's in net, if because Ranta's, I think, had an extremely good playoff. Like all things except considering, I think he except game rough. six, but all things considering, where I think a lot of people didn't expect him to be what mm-hmm. he ended up being. I think he yeah. had a good playoff. There are goals where I look at and say, yeah, that one's probably being saved. That being said, before everyone fucking, oh, oh my God, whatever. Before everyone, <laughs> ever, before everyone just, ah, well, turn it off. Well, turn it off. <laughs> before everyone just blows up because, because I mentioned goaltending and third string goalies. That being said, Carol at that at looking at game seven, they did not deserve to win that game, Carolina. No, no, they 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 fell in on themselves. Like just uh, to be clear, of, two things can be true. Yes. Okay. Can you do me a favor? Instead yeah. of like lowing the audio, can you censor it with the sound of a Wookiee going? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah you if can I can find do it. Do that for me, please. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh all the Wookiees like sound the same, so I can't say just go find Gunji because like, <laughs> I think it's all the same voice thing. But we can pretend it's Gunji. Sure. Um, this is no longer the two on podcast. It is the Gunji show. It's the Gunji um, show and the Guelph Nighthawk show. Yes, featuring Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> uh, where okay, so some stuff that Elliot Freeman talked about afterwards uh, in the aftermath of this series. I can't remember if this was in the blog, a TV hit, the Jeff Merrick show or the 32 thoughts podcast, the man's on so many things, but he said that apparently the Canes did have contract talks in the summer with Vincent Trocek and Martin Nakas or Martin Neches. So many people say different things. I don't know. Um, by the way, Nakas Neches wasn't amazing in the playoffs. So he didn't look like himself. Um, but they say uh, that nothing really happened, so it's something to keep an eye on. Trocek is was a little surprising to hear that because you would assume with him leaving probably, then that would open up more space for Jesperi Kokaniemi, who had good underlying numbers. But I'm sure he's disappointed with this series because he has been an amazing playoff performer, as you know I have seen. Uh, and you have as well. As, I mean, as, as, as yes, he's a he's a good play, like legitimately yeah. a fantastic yeah. playoff performer. And maybe it's a bit different in the future. I'm not going to completely crap on the guy because of the <laughs> opportunity. I'm I know everyone expected me to. Um, I think that was just Mike. Yes, I was fascinated that I didn't know Ethan Barry didn't play a single game in that that playoff run. Fascinating to me. That's very fascinating, and I, that's a little surprising. So you wonder what his future is there. A lot of questions there. A lot of questions there. So also Jeff Merrick was sort of making the point of, and, and Rod Brindamore had that quote talking about that the Canes don't have elite goal scoring. Maybe you should have expected more from like Svechnikov or mm-hmm. maybe that kind of stuff. But then I wonder, Alex, does that mean, and I don't remember the last time we saw the Canes throw a lot of money at a free agent. I don't think they normally do. Um, like we, everyone thought they were bargain bin hunting with their goaltending last year. But I wonder if they make a move to try and go with Philip Forsberg in the offseason, or and this is inspired by you last episode, they call St. Louis about Vladimir Tarasenko. Ooh, that's a good one. That that that's actually not the play, neither of those players I had in mind, but I, I'll bring that up in in a second. Have, has it not felt like we've been talking about them adding a score for about forever? I know. You know, I know. And and they keep adding these, they keep adding these players that really I think 
worked well in their system. Like we talked about, like, I guess let's look at someone like Jesper fast. You're like, okay, here you go. And it's like, but that doesn't fix your problem. Like when they signed him, that didn't fix their problem. Um, need a rider. Need a rider. When they traded for Vincent Trocek at the, that time, they were still looking for scoring again, clearly worked in like clearly worked in Carolina, but didn't fix the, the, the problem that they had. They added a surplus, but never really fixed their weakness. I actually like that those two players uh, you name, but who I had in mind, because we have obviously we haven't heard much about this player recently. He is also an RFA this season. They were interested in him when he got traded. Patrick Liner. I like that. I really like that. Reunite him with his Finnish friend. I don't know if they're friends with his fellow Finn in Sebastian. I don't know. I like that. And I, and like I that. think, and I think it, it would go differently, you know, than what happened in Columbus under Torts. And I'm not saying Torts and Rod Brindamore play a similar style of hockey, but I think not there enough. is is a bit of an emphasis on more of an emphasis on defense in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, they are a very like tight check checking team. And I don't think Rod Brindamore would try to turn Patrick Line into a power forward, I think would be the biggest thing. I I just the big question is what what does Line want to do? Right. And that's what it comes down to. Like Line, like we're not just saying Columbus want to get rid of him or he wants out of the club. We don't know that, obviously. And uh, listen, during the playoffs, no offense to Columbus here, it's a nice place. I'm not thinking about the Blue Jackets in the final four, unfortunately. It's kind of like when you watch the playoffs, you're like, yeah, Columbus, I don't mind. Sorry, guys. Ah, I don't miss the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, just ruining my bracket. How could they? Uh, The other series in the final four, Alex. Or do you have anything else on Carolina, actually, before we keep going? Nothing on Carolina. I just wanted to – we're going to talk about the Rangers, so that's what I was going to bring up. But let's go. Tampa, New York, the goalie duel of the century. The man, as Alex loves to say, who will win the Vizna Trophy in Igor Shosturkin. Vizna, I don't know why I started like that. Versus the best goalie in the world. There, I said it, be happy. Andre Vasilevsky. I am so, as the goalie person of this podcast, don't know how to skate, but I love the goalies. That's what I mean by it. I'm not, I'm not Will or Curtis who actually know the, the things that, anyway. I love goalies. I am so excited for this goalie duel. I feel I cannot cannot wait for it. Cannot wait for it, Alex. This what were you going to say about this, about the Rangers? I'm, I'm no, curious. I was just going to compliment them on last game where when, like you said last episode, I think it was a combination of what both of us said where I think Igor Shosturkin had, him, had himself a game and the guy showed up. Kreider had a couple goals. I believe yeah. Zabinijad had a goal. Um, so, no. All, all respect to them for when, you know, when they needed it, Igor Shostakovich was there. Like again, like goal. I, I think both of us know this extremely well. A goaltender can do so, so, so much yep. for you in the playoffs. Yep, and that's why it's an important position. Yep. That's why when people say you don't overpay goaltenders, I say no, no. 
you look at some of the gold, like the goaltender in this series, Andre Vasilevsky, I believe, is the third highest paid goalie in the league. I think it's Carey, 10.5, Bobrovsky at 10. And, and then, um, well, technically he's tied with Henrik Lundqvist, his previous, but he got bought out, obviously. And they're both at 9.5, I believe. Um, and even if you look about that price, great last year. Bobrovsky, ah, yeah, you ignore him. Um, but Shusterkin, the biggest second contract for a goalie ever. And look at it. I, listen. He's maybe, probably you know, Oh, oh, 100%, 100% overpaid. But, you know, I believe, you know, goaltending is so, so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm worried for the Avs and Edmonton if they can get through because I just don't see, like, Vasilis, you're just jerking me like, yeah, I mean, sorry, but you're stuck here. Uh, you're not going to score on me. Watch, like, the goaltending just be completely subpar in this series too, by the way. Just That'd be so out. disappointing. It would be. It would be. Uh, I just want to, I like, listen, I love a good goalie duel. And these two should just be the like the creme de la creme. Well, I'm just, you know, yeah. we didn't really get it in the finals last year because Price was hurt. Yeah. So we 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 lost that chance. And and right now, and we're talking about on one side, you have an extremely proven clutch goaltender in Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, right. oh, Ex- like there aren't words to describe how big game he was. Right. And on the other side, we have a goalie who is at the moment, and we're all watching it as it's happening, creating a similar story to what Andre Vasilevsky had done for the last many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, he's so game seven, first round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Game seven last round, uh, bounces back, as you mentioned, from the polls in the first round as well. Bounces. It's it's important, and this is the sign of a great goaltender to me, is not only the ability to play well in the playoffs, because it's just a different beast, but the ability to bounce back in the playoffs, mm-hmm. which you don't see a lot. And with goalies, it's just so much more important. Again, with, with goal, like players like Miko Rantanen, we mentioned, Pretty like playing well, good underlying numbers, but the first two rounds wasn't scoring very well, and sort of bailed out when the offense was coming from other parts of the lineup. Darren Helm hard, but with goaltenders, if you falter, you're screwed. Unless you have McDavid, but not every no one has McDavid except other. And I think, and I mean, let we can look at Vasilevsky's numbers in the first round, and and I believe like statistically, it was his worst. Uh, he was round then like then since the Columbus series but when he came down to it even in the games where maybe he wasn't the best he was there even yes. when he's not good he's there and that's what, what makes him dangerous it and then he turned it on mm. he, he he bounced mm. back from the shaky start and he hunkered down mm. it's sensational it kills me to compliment him, but you just um, – listen, you know Tampa are going to be ready. Corey Perry said so. Yeah. I'm excited to see what the Rangers are going to bounce back with. You see Kreider's like almost um, tied uh, – he's almost tied Rod for the most goals in playoff history for the Rangers. I was like, oh. Really? Oh, wow. So he's, he's, he's continued for his success in the, um, the regular season. Yeah. You know what's funny? What's funny? Uh, I saw it on Twitter, and it was Habs fans starting to say – can we all admit that Emmeline tripped Kreider? 
And it was like a 50-50 split of saying, yeah, it's time. And the other half were like, no, absolutely not. So oh we're, people are starting to question. I'm not. Is that because you they don't want Tampa to win and they need a reason to cheer for New York? Well, I think they're happy. Or just overall. I think it's just I think it's just an overall discussion because well, I, I think I'm at the same time they were rooting for them over because here's the thing. This is the point I make is mm-hmm. Kreider accident or not, again, I don't think he meant to hurt care. I've said that many times. He's not a bad person. Panarin, you know, stood up to Putin. Good person. Um, you know, the Canes, D'Angelo's the thing. And even on a more personal level, Cock and Emmy signed the offer sheet, so Habs fans weren't happy with I that. Thought you weren't, I thought you weren't talking about that. In that I'm series, I can still, I'm talking generalization. Traitor. Scumbag. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to keep going here. Uh, but the, I'm, I'm excited to see what, obviously, the, the Rangers are going to be the underdogs here. They've, they've been in every series, but I'm not willing to count them out because, as I said, the last two finals have had Cinderella runs. And it's difficult for me to say the Oilers are that because they have McDavid, but they're still, I don't think a lot of us really had faith in them. Gretzky didn't have faith in them. He had them out in the second round. Yeah. If Gretzky didn't have faith in the Oilers, well, then what am I supposed to think? <laughs> exactly. No, I, I, I'm, I'm very torn. Like, uh, listen, I mean, I, I think Tampa Bay can go on and, and three Pete. Um, but again, the Rangers have the Rangers have been quite impressive uh, this playoff series. That being said, I think what we are seeing from Tampa Bay is beyond impressive. Yeah, I think they've played so many games over the last two years, and remember, condensed schedule both times. Um, you, know what, you know what helps them a lot is sweeping floor and getting the extra time. They may oh. be rusting game one, but you know what? Here's the thing, Alex. We might say Rangers have a chance, and then we're going to see all the shop blocks. We're going to see a bunch of Tampa Bay players go to the bench and back, as I think you were probably about to point out, but I stole your thunder, so my apologies. But no, no, that's then we're going to see say. that pedigree about, again. That's what we're going to see from Tampa. That's what I was going to bring up. I, and, and I don't mean – like. When I bring this up, I'm not disrespecting the, the opposing team. I brought this up when Tampa Bay played the Leafs, when they played Florida, and I'm going to bring it and bring it up again when they play the, uh, the Rangers. I'm not disrespecting the opposing team, but what I think people, uh, when, they're, when they become in awe, when people write this on, in newspapers, on Sportsnet, TSN, et cetera, this is the Tampa Bay Lightning back-to-back Stanley Cup champions who are still good, who are not only still good, but they it looks like they know how to win. There's, there is a, I know how to win. And for the most part, a lot of the same guys are still there. The most important guys are still there. Yes, they lost their third line, but they brought in guys who are going to learn how to win. And... Yeah surrounding them with just insane like their left side on defense is Hedman McDonough Sergachev 
which isn't a plug like he was in the first round. Right. And it's just ridiculous to think. Plus you, again, you have Vasilevsky net. There's just the pedigree surrounding the Tampa Bay lightning is beyond every other team in this league at this moment because of what they've done the last two years. And like, I think you were saying last episode or two episodes ago, what they've been doing for the last almost decade. Yeah. Yeah. They have been the model of consistency in the league. Uh, Okay. I'm going to ask you for a Conn Smythe winner from every team. Okay. Because the first and second round, I don't don't give a crap. I see Conn Smythe talk in the first round. I'm like, no. no. Please don't. Colorado, who do you have? Um, to me, it's a toss-up between McKinnon and McCarr. I'm probably yeah. leaning more towards McCarr at the moment, but I think okay. there's a there's a argument for both. I'm making you choose one. Because I also I have two as and one's a backup. So I, I, I Okay, fine. I'll pick one. I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with McKinnon. Okay, then I'll go with Makar because they were my two. Were you going to pick Makar? Like, okay. I thought you were going to pick Makar anyways. No, my first one was McKinnon. Oh, okay. Okay. Because he's been showtime. But, I right. mean, it's they've been such a well-oiled unit overall that yeah. uh, I like what they're doing. Uh, the New York Rangers. Eagles are Sturgeon. Okay, I knew you'd say that. And uh, just because he is playing through, I can't imagine what this guy's body is like. Just for some fun, I'm going to say Ryan Lindgren because okay. that man is being held together by duct tape and bubble gum right now. Uh, okay, Tampa Vasilevsky. We're not even yeah, going to. Let's move on. Yeah, we, can, do we have to do Edmonton too? Or? Yeah, it's Connor. It's okay. Connor. And that was the end of that. Um, there's a guy <laughs> scoring a lot of goals, you could say, but I'm not giving that guy any attention. Um, okay, before we get to is like, Come on. Sorry. Is that even a discussion? Like it's McDavid. It's yeah, no, no. okay. He, he's outscoring Colin Smythe winners every game from previous years. <laughs> and uh, we just entered the third round. Yeah. <laughs> they got he was two doing to go. it halfway through the second. He was so yeah. good. It's McDavid. Uh, okay. Come on. I think that is uh, all the gubbins from, uh, from all that, from, from, from that. Yeah. So, okay. Leafs and Habs. Uh, we'll start with the Habs because it's official. Martez St. Louis is the 32nd head coach, I think was the official word. Uh, it's a three-year deal. Um, one of the big points here. Well, first off, thanks for making us wait, guys. Thanks so much for that. Um, there's a quote here from Marty I wanted to mention. Uh, quote, do I want to win at the price of not developing the young guys? No. Sometimes you got to put those guys on the ice and show them confidence. I'm not going into the season thinking I have to win every game. I'm not doing that. That's from Marty St. Louis. Now, I think if you're an old-timey hockey fan, I think you look at that and you get kind of upset. But I'm going to combine that with another quote because um, the man Kent Hughes spoke the other day from the combat. Kent Hughes, who the Habs had to do a TikTok, and I nearly fell off my chair when I saw it. Um, what's, what's going on? What's happened? Imagine Bergevin doing that line. Um, quote, we want the best player long-term, not the best player next season. And that was in reference to the draft, obviously, and who they're going to take first overall, because it's going to be right. Alex, there's a honeymoon period with every new sort of management group and coach. Mm-hmm. But I just love what I'm hearing from this team. Like, 
My, like, Ken Hughes has done interviews and said, we're not going to make the playoffs next year. We're not expecting that. And I just love how real they are with everything. And the, just talking about development and confidence, I've been waiting 10 years. I was going to say, like, I think you it's just the the relief of having to listen to whatever it was for the last 10 years character. Uh, for that Great. organization. You know, good families, character. Um, things that sometimes things that just have nothing to do with being a hockey player, but you, you have to listen to them anyways. But I think to hear that uh, it must be relieving. It is. I, I just love it. Like the thing of confidence too. Ever I, we talked about like the stuff that Brett Kulak said about how old management and coaches waited for something to go wrong instead of just being like, ah, look what's happened there. We knew that that's Brett. Uh, I just, I can't stand it. Can't stand it. Uh, but uh, it's going to be, I'm excited, Alex. I am very, very excited for it. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, uh, he was asked about Logan Mayu. I don't remember the reporter, but I wanted to mention it because he was the second last question, I think, and he was asked. So it was a French reporter. So shout out to him. Uh, Logan Mayu is still being evaluated by the Canadians um, and they don't expect to sign him this summer. That being said, it doesn't mean it won't happen. The Habs just need more time. Uh, and Hughes did emphasize they're obviously not just looking at the player, but they're looking at the person as well, which is what you would like to hear. Um, obviously, from their two point of views from a hockey player, um, he obviously he didn't play a lot this year because he was suspended for what he did. Idiot. Bad person. Uh, and also he hurt himself. So it, First off, if you want to look at it from both sides, it doesn't make sense to sign him. Second of all, they still need to show that he's learned from his mistake. Um, I wanted to mention that because obviously you know how I've kind of really wanted to know more about this situation. But um, but yeah, at least you'd want to hear that they're still looking into it. Um, besides that, um, with the Canadians, I think that's everything. Um, draft preview. It's coming eventually. Don't worry. Shane Wright. God help Who me. Who do I they can't... take first? I'm... Man, man, it is. Uh... I'm more fascinated with the second first round pick they have because it just should so clearly be right. Um, again, we're going to get into it, but I've been putting the list together. I've never been this prepared for a draft before because they actually are picking first. The KK one I was like, yeah, whatever. They're going to pick uh, Who was the guy? Um, he went to Detroit. Oh, yeah, I was Zadina. like, God, oh, they're going to pick Zadina. 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 And they picked cake and look what happened. Uh, I, had by that the way, same, I had that same experience. I want to say in 2016 when the Leafs had Matthews picked Matthews, as in you're like, yeah. who do they need to pick? And I'm like, I know nothing about juniors, but let's just try to figure it out. And imagine if they had gone line eh? <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Mm. When Scott Wheeler was on the Montreal Athletic Podcast, he was talking about how the Leafs, uh, like funny, he was saying the Leafs were extremely sure they were going to pick Matthews and they were highly hesitant if they were going to find anything to say otherwise. So apparently it was very much Mm. an obvious, obviously retrospect says, of course, but remember back then, again, we always talk about Matthews was supposed to be a 60.2 way player. Which yeah. I still don't get because his developmental U.S. numbers are insane. <laughs> and you're like, how is this? This isn't uh, Kovacar. Yeah, what right. is this? This is this is this is Stamkos. This is Ovechkin. What are we doing here? I'm going to the Leafs, by the way. 
Um, I want to talk about the future of net because people are starting okay. to talk about Jack Campbell in New Jersey, which I'm kind of like, ah, tampering doesn't exist, I guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that's actually funny because before that report came out, like a week ago, I was thinking, huh, where could Jack Campbell go? And my mind did go right to New Jersey. I mean, I think we all sort of, it, it makes sense, right? Um, people have been talking about the contract. It's funny, we were talking about the Billy Huso stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And what contract he sort of looks at because Jack Campbell's a weird sort of tier because he's older and this is his, his big contract, right? People were saying that apparently his camp, I can't remember who the reporter was. I'm so sorry. Um, that the number was around 5 million and people were like, he's not worth Demko numbers. That's he's an, he's an RFA. It's a little different. Okay. Also like, no, Demko like, was actually, I also, also like, um, you know, I, I really think an agent should walk into a negotiation and just give the most realistic number. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure that's what Alan Walsh does. Uh, uh, where do you see Jack? You think Jack stays? Because if even if they meet them, if they go towards four, I just the thing with Campbell is I still don't know what he is in a way. Like he's we we've clarified he's not elite, but it's like okay, he's not like a nine thirty five either. Well, that's elite. No. Sorry, but like, is he where he he's, finished at a nine fifteen? Because his season was such a roller coaster. And yeah. he wasn't the reason they lost in the playoffs, but he didn't look like a showstopper. So it's like, well, it's hard when you have the best goalie in the world on the other side. You know fair? what I mean? Like, it's hard to look at goaltending in that series in any light other than, huh, like, yeah, he could have been better. But like, also context, who's on the other side of him? Um, yeah, I, just, I, I don't know where you go with him. Again, okay, I might be extremely, extremely harsh here. Yeah. He's probably at his best. I'd argue he's a one B. And is that fair? Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, it's hard because of his injury history. You know, it's going to be hard to get more than 40 games out of it. Well, how many did he play this year? Uh, I'll I'll check. It's just it's hard for me to imagine him playing consistently more than 40 games without there being issues in between, right? Like he could probably play more games, but that's where it becomes an issue. So he's a career 915, but the problem is he's only in his career played 142 games this past season. He played 49. And how many, and there was a stretch where he was injured and was playing, which Leafs, the Leafs should know better than that, by the way, second year in a row, they've done that. Um, but the thing is then you need to have a either you need to have someone else there and obviously Morazic ain't it and he's probably not going to be here next season yeah Yeah, he's gone you need to get someone who can play either the rest of the games or you need to find someone who's better than Jack Campbell able to play let's throw in 40 to 45 to 50 games for example, and the playoffs, or you go, or, or we go, Jack Campbell's not coming back. You have two new goalies next season. You go out and get 
John Gibson or Connor Hellebuck like you've been clamoring okay. for, and you get a guy I'll, who can, I'll on that. I have a scenario later on. Okay, and you and and you bring in a guy who can play, let's say, twenty five games to be safe, at least keeping Gibson or Hellebuck relatively rested for the playoffs. Those are really your two scenarios. See, I see a goalie who hasn't stolen them a series, who is thirty and has some injury problems. And I'm like, if we look at history, Anderson gone. Now if we knew like that whole year, it sounded like he wasn't coming back, but I just, if I'm the Leafs and listen, at least publicly for whatever that means, doesn't not much. Dubas has been very complimentary of Jack Campbell. Um, but I, I, I just don't, if I'm the Leafs at this point, and I think we've just talked about it. If you look at the Eastern side of, of the playoffs right now, goaltending is king right now. So if I'm Kyle Dubas, this is my own thing, right? It's, and I, I think the way that Morgan Riley and that defense has sort of played out, I may be sort of double thinking, do you necessarily need a 1A? Like, you know what I mean? Like, look at obviously three of the four teams in, in the finals right now. You know, you have um, Hedman, McCarr, and Fox, who are all amazing, but it's like sure. Darnell Nurse was good, but him and Riley are that same sort of level. <laughs> so maybe I'm a little wrong about you need a number one horse guarantee um, because I thought that that defense core for the Leafs is pretty good. Maybe you tune it because Justin Hall into the sun. He wasn't bad, but still, Justin Hall, it's enough of that. Enough of Justin Hall. Uh, no more of that, please. But <laughs> if there's one side of, of, the, of the game, and you know how consistent I am with this idea. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be sure in one spot, it's got to be in net and down the middle. You know what yeah. I mean? If you got the 1A, who knows what's going on with Tavares? Who knows? But you at least have the number one center. Let's go out and get a legit goaltender. And if they're moving on from Sandine, which I'm not saying they are, I don't know any of that. Oh, my God. I would package him in a deal for John Gibson. If. Anaheim and John Gibson are willing to make that work. Yeah. Well, let's start with, I cannot believe 32 thoughts started this. I think that's hilarious. Um, From a, a source told Elliot Freeman to watch this. haven't heard anything else other than that, by the way, it's a source told me to look out for this. That's all that was said. Um, I, I mean, that is an option. If you're comfortable with John Gibson and maybe they're not comfortable with John Gibson, they're got comfortable with someone even better than that or someone they think is better than that. Um, I would be willing to probably move Rasmus Sandine. So, like you're going to have, you're going to, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but you're going to have to give up something, right? The whole thing at this trade deadline was they didn't want to give up their top prospects and their first round pick, which is fine because I don't think like no offense to Mark Giordano or, or Colin Blackwell, that wasn't needed in that trade. Realistically, it wasn't needed in that trade, but if you're going out there and you're going to get a top goaltender or top ish goaltender, right? Someone better than you've had. You want someone like Frederick Anderson was for the first two years as a leaf minus the playoff hiccups. Um, you're going to have to give up top prospects. And I wouldn't be surprised if Rasmus Sandin was 
included in a potential deal, depending on how they view Mark Giordano. Like if we, if we, and uh, yeah, sir. Like I'm looking at some of the, the goaltenders available around right now. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, I think Blackwood's an RFA. That's not a sure thing. I don't want anything to do with it. We look at the UFA market. Maybe Flurry if he wants to come, but I'm not convinced. No. Like, I, it really feels like he's probably going back to Pittsburgh or he's staying in Minnesota. The man doesn't want to keep moving the family. Koskinen apparently is going back overseas. Don't blame him. Darcy Kemper. Ah, no, no. no. Um, Thomas Grice, no. no. Halak, no. Gorgiev, no. Holpe as a backup, I wouldn't mind. But as a number, no. Margin, no. Samson, who knows what's going on there, but no. I, I don't even, like, let's look at um, Holtby as a 1B. I don't, no effect. Like, it's just, I don't think that's what they should go and get. If, if, he, if, you if, you're, keeping, if you're keeping Campbell and then you're bringing in Holtby, I'm not a fan of that. Oh, okay, sir. I I was thinking but, if it, you get yes. Gibson, Holtby. Gibson, if you if you're bringing in a one a number one goalie, go ahead, bring in Braden Holby. I lost my train. Of, oh, okay. Sorry. You know what? Or if you want to be really fun about this, I don't know if he's offer sheet eligible, but you know who's an RFA, right? Oh, tell, I think I know who you're talking. Jake Hottinger. <laughs> okay, let me let's go check. Let's see if that would be madness, wouldn't it? Imagine how funny that'd be. Come on, let's get this going. Listen, <laughs> if if there's one thing that came out of the KK stuff, I really hope it's that people believe that the offer sheet's a real tool. Which Come I on. doubt will happen, but I I agree. I hope they do that. So- that would be interesting. Offer yeah. sheet Ottinger. Offer sheet Ottinger. <laughs> like I, I, th- <laughs> I think I, I think if and I agree with you, I think if I look at this team, where is their quote unquote weakness? They've never had a goaltender steal a series for them. No. Not like not even close, unfortunately. No. Um <laughs> And and like it's difficult, obviously, because the last few years they played the best goalie of this generation and the best goalie of the la- of the g- generation that's ending. It's, but the point being, it wasn't up there. Um, yes. And I think if you're looking for that, I don't know if the one A one B approach or the one B one B approach, which I think we got this year, um, was good enough and it won't be good enough moving forward i appreciate that you you complimented carrie there by the way i appreciate that because listen like if, if you think and this isn't to you i should say if you're anyone out there and you think campbell was as good as vasilevsky or price i people thought that I, your head's a shake no you're you're Please. yeah that's i think he stood there's no doubt in my mind he stood his ground he was not better. He was not as good or better and, than that. And there's the problem there's is you weren't, you weren't the worst goalie, but you were the lesser of the two. And that's the problem is, is Campbell good? Yes. Is yeah. he good enough? And that's, can he steal but, a series? And I just, I don't know if he can do that. That's the big question. I, I agree. I agree, but I think it's hard to, it's hard to look at the last two first round losses 
and talk about goaltending because of the quality of goaltending that they played. Now, if we want to go back further, we want to look at Tuka Rask and we want to look at Braden Holpe, for example. And I mean, no disrespect to them. They're not Carey Price and Andre Vasilevsky. Hmm. He, he was he was better back than Hopi, but he wasn't. Yes, uh, but he had Barry Trotz. And and again, that first like that one, I don't really count it as I was amazing to watch. But house money, house money, house money. Um, but yeah, I think it's just hard to say. Well, he couldn't steal them the series. Yeah, because he was playing against Andre Vasilevsky. That's unrealistic, and there's a lack of context there. To beat to to say he was able he'd be able to steal the series, they would need Igor Shosturkin in that. <laughs> and they're not gonna get that, right? Or Gibson so, or Andre. Maybe Andre could steal you a series if you could score a goal. And I think the Leafs can do that. I, I believe I think so. I would I would tend to agree the Leafs can score a goal. <laughs> Unlike the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Hey there, Michael Raffle. Never forget. Okay. Alex, we've been going for about an hour. You know what that means? It's Kenobi time. It is time to talk about Kenobi. Uh, okay, so here's the thing, Alex. I see you're on the dock. I will uncensor the notes because I don't know how much Daniel has watched. Um, he's in Kingston, by the way, so he'll, he'll be back Sunday, hopefully. Uh, he's, he's trying to escape it. I bet he hasn't watched it yet. How dare you, Daniel? Okay, first quest, First thing, talking about Kenobi episode three. Spoilers for Kenobi. And we might reference episode one or two. There's no more hockey, by the way. So if you're not interested in Star Wars, bye. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Thanks uh, for listening. Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. TikTok, Facebook, time. Twitter, Instagram. All, all that type of stuff. Go Nighthawks. Uh, okay. Now, first off, the big question we had, what were they going to do with Darth Vader's voice? Uh, they brought back James Earl Jones. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fair what enough. I'm like. Uh, fair, fair I did it again. I swear. Again, whatever. Listen, I know they had Hayden Christian Christian for that one shot where Obi-Wan just sees like a mirage of him. If they don't have a flashback, what was the point of bringing back Hayden? No, I'm they sure definitely have he more. loves it, but we better get that. Maybe Ahsoka's in the flashback. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Gonna do that? Gonna coin with the Cold Wars fans' hearts a little bit now? Maybe. 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 I'm okay with that. Yeah. Another Clone Wars reference, Quinlan Voss was referenced, Alex. Do you remember wow. him? I th- believe so. I think I do. He was uh, he was with Obi-Wan when they hunted down Zero the Hut. He had long yes, hair. Yes, yes, yes. I do remember. Very wild. I do remember. So you know how that wall was just covered in writing? Mm-hmm. I bet there's going to be some people out there who are going to go and look over that and like try and tra- like translate it and find Easter eggs. Of course. I guarantee you they're going to do It's that. probably already been done. Oh, yeah. It's like, ah, oh, this Jedi is alive. And it's like, ah, oh, there's the prophecy of the chosen one here. And oh, my God, what's all this stuff about? Ah, You know what I'm wondering is, and I might be reaching here because I really like Quinlan Boss, is they mentioned how he helped the younglings and that. I wonder if he was a part. I don't know if he's on plan a lot because I don't think he's normally at Coruscant a lot because he's like an outgas, right? I wonder if he was, if he helped Reva escape with those other younglings. Because it oh, kind you of still think like it's Reva. Okay. Yes. Because she looked like she knew that room a little bit when she saw the Republic symbol. Yeah. I don't know. No, but it's, fair. it's a theory. It's up there. An interesting theory. I'm excited. It was it was a great episode. 
What do you think of the opening going between Obi-Wan trying to hearing Yoda's voice and Anakin's from the other movies and seeing Vader suit up like that? Oh, I loved it. I love the Vader suit up scene because I feel like we've been like wanting that for quite some time. Um, we've never seen that much of him. Like we've never seen the legs go on. Yeah. The tube back. We've never seen that much of burnt up Vader before burnt up Vader. Yeah, no, I, I think I, is there anyone who didn't like it? So there were, so here's what's annoying, right? Were. Of course it's, there were. First off, and we're going to talk about the Moses Ingram stuff because I think she's getting a lot of crap. It's really unnecessary. And shout out to you and McGregor for saying, if you're a racist, you're not a Star Wars fan to me. Uh, I love that. I love him standing up for Mo. I thought it was really cool. Um, but uh, so obviously the big thing in this episode is Vader and Obi-Wan fight. And as I predicted, Vader kicked his ass. Oh my God. Um, yeah. It was great. Right. And we'll talk about the, cause that was, it was scary. It was lovely. So people were complaining that it looked sloppy and they nerfed Obi-Wan when he has been a hermit for 10 years. And this is Pete yeah. Vader. Vader's using one hand on his lightsaber, by the way, he's playing with them. I, you know what? I had the same thought. But then when you add the context to it, isn't it great what context can do? Um, it makes it a whole lot. It makes a lot more sense oh, yeah. why, why it was played out uh, the way it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just fun, man. It's just really, really fun. Um, goodness. But yeah, there were some complaints about that and stuff and saying that the choreograph wasn't great. Well, guys, it's, it's just I think you're just missing the point of it. Like this is the, the thing here. And we see this, there's this YouTube comment I saw because um, I was rewatching some of the scenes um, from a guy named Avery Scott. Or maybe it's a girl. I don't know. Avery is a unisex name uh, or whatever they identify as. You never know. Um, quote, they've really beautifully constructed this tragic arc for Obi-Wan here. They continue to hammer in how he's really not even a Jedi anymore at this point. This is what I really like this part here. The lightsaber, that's a symbol of defense and peace, a Jedi's greatest weapon. That story blade, which he's fought, Asaz Ventress, Jango Fett, Pre Vizsla, don't forget about him, uh, General Grievous, and many more. The first time he whips it out in this show is because he's scared out his mind and cornered like a desert rat. Last episode, when we talked about episode one and two, I said it's going to be cool when he uses it for the first time. I missed it completely. Yeah. It, he's, he looked desperate he was scared it's so it's so weird to see but like it's also like how is he going to get to this point to the old ben we know in episode four like when does the he's at his lowest now his arms all burnt off vader royally kicked his butt like now it's like he's at the lowest of the low like it's a it's a thing in story right you see the lot in anime it's like the main character gets his butt butt kicked in the first fight now he's got to bounce back and he's got to go save the princess. Now, I don't know how it's going to end up because I sounds like Vader's going to kick his ass again. But it's like, how does Obi-Wan get back to that point? And I would assume it starts with Qui-Gon's finally going to return his calls. Force goes Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, sorry, dude. Return I was hanging out with call. I was hanging out with Dooku in the spirit realm. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I like the way you put that. Pick up his call. Um, I mean, it's going to be the most Obi-Wan storyline ever. It's going to be like the nicest thing to ever happen because that just mm-hmm. that's that's feels like his character, right? It, it may be like, especially in like 
in the Clone Wars where I feel like they just made him out to be like this really nice guy. And I have a feeling. (laughs) Yeah. I just feel like that's going to be his storyline. It's going to be, I I, I don't want to call it cheesy, but because every time it, it it makes it sound bad, but I think it's, it's going to be that cheesy, really nice storyline of how he's going to come back. He'll rescue and, the princess, and yeah. maybe he ends with he goes back to Tatooine, and yeah. Owen finally gets finally gets to take the gift and gives it to Luke. Luke's got to get that gift. He's, He's got to get, get it at some point. He's either come on, Deborah, Deborah Trout, Trout, come on, you're doing great here. You got to give us that. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit. Vader was just they, they continue to nail Darth Vader in every turn. Um, like just hearing him talk. Like, James Earl Jones is great. Like, we know that. But just hearing him back, it's so nostalgic, but he's just so threatening. Um, And when he's going through that village and he's like, force choke you, force choke you, don't care about you, force drag you this way, I don't... It was Vader again. And when he's chasing Obi-Wan, it's like watching Halloween and he's Michael Myers coming after you. And when he starts that fire, he's torturing Obi-Wan. And the oh, flame yeah. is reflecting into his mask. It's like, wow. I am s- scared right now. I'm going to rewatch it after the game tonight because I, it was. Yeah. I think you, I think you were like, I think you were very spot on last episode when we were talking about the first two episodes where you said what they've done recently with Darth Vader is they've made like in episodes four to six, I think not that he, I think it was just the time. I think it was the resources available to them. He was intimidating, but he wasn't that intimidating. He was Mm -hmm. scary. He wasn't intimidating. There's a difference. They've now made him equally as scary, but he's now actually intimidating. There's a, a difference. I don't know how to explain it to you, but there's a vast difference between episodes four to six Darth Vader and what we've seen in Rogue One, in I, and I think you mentioned Rebels last episode, um, yes. and now this. Even the end of Clone Wars, when yes. all he does is walk, pick up a saber, and leave, but you're like, oh, oh. Well, what's it? That's more despair when you watch it because you've just seen the end of Clone Wars. But I'm sure if it's retro, you're like, oh god, and the kids changed. Yeah. Oh goodness gracious! Oh man! Oh man! Uh, Gunji's alive, by the way. We know that. Never forget. Uh, keep going here, though. Freck, the goddamn farmer, dude. I didn't trust him. I let my guard down, though. And he was a traitor the whole time. Goddamn Freck. How could he? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He caught me off guard. He caught me off guard. So that scene when Obi-Wan's killing the the stormtroopers and one lands through the lasers and he gets caught in the apple, like, whoa. And then the Vader scene later, I'm like... How did Deborah Chow get a, How did Disney approve it's Disney? How are we getting so much gore? I love it. It's great. Maybe, but maybe they're uh, maybe they're open, being a little more open to it, which would be nice. Which if they do a Darth Vader series, then it's got to be gory. Yeah, okay. I'm still cautious, but I'd come around to it if he made it a thing. Who am I? And Another reference to Padme when he's pretending to be her, her mom. When I look at her, yeah. I see her mother, and I'm like, oh, oh, my God. oh stop on. it. Stop. Just stop it. 
Deborah, stop. You're killing stop me. It. Yeah, exactly. Deborah, please. Hello, your friends. I've never met Deborah Chow, but I'd like to say you're doing a great job. Unless the last three episodes suck, but I doubt it. Um, <laughs> I highly doubt so, it. You think Leia and Vader are going to meet? Because I wonder if now she's going to be bait to, to bring Obi-Wan to the Fortress Inquisitorious. And if they meet, it's got to be like, I can see that being the most tense scene ever. Like, maybe that's the bait and he holds the lightsaber where he's like, Obi-Wan, oh, we're fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. High a, ground. Vader's yeah. like, on the high ground. He's like, yeah, come at it. He's like, <laughs> returned, Obi-Wan. I, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't think they're going to meet. That's my prediction. I could be uh, completely wrong, but I, I don't think they're going to meet. We'll see. By the way, shout out to Obi-Wan fixing Leia's robot, like the great uncle he is. Also, uh, I love how how uh, Reva was just like, ah, oh, Obi-Wan killed the Grand Inquisitor, and Vader's like, I don't care. I don't. He, he doesn't mean anything. Literally. I want Obi-Wan. Literally. Uh, and Rebels fans are like, why? Please, come on. <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. After his fight with Obi-Wan, Vader must kind of know, oh, oh, you suck now. Wait yeah. a minute. This doesn't make sense, but he's still like, yeah, but it's the Grand Inquisitor. I don't care. It doesn't matter. He still doesn't matter. He never liked as, the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> as long as he gets Obi-Wan. Yeah, that's all he wants. Just burn off his other arm. Love it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, 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 my God. They're just doing it. I love it. I want episode four, and I want it now. When does it come out Friday? I think it's Wednesdays again. So, because remember, they delayed the first episode a few days to the Friday. But that's when they were like, okay, you're getting two. So I think, I'm guessing it's now Wednesday. Oh, okay. Which is okay. unfortunate. It's an odd day to release the show, but that's fine. Hey, you know. Is what it is. I mean, it's good. Yeah, it's good. no, I I'm almost, not going to complain. I almost but... set an alarm. Like, I almost set an alarm to watch it. No, I can't. Like, no, Adam. I, I got to go into work a little later today. So I got to watch it this morning before I went to work. And it just, I'm like, it was a good day. Good, good. No spoilers, I hope. No, well, I mean, between the six hours between when it came out and when I watched it, no. Man, you'd be surprised. The Star Wars fans are quick. You know, that's a good point. No, I didn't even go. I don't even think I went on Twitter. I'm just, I woke up. I'm like, okay, I'll go work right now. Let's watch that Kenobi. I woke up, went on Twitter, and I was like, wait a minute, close this. Didn't see anything, luckily. Um, But then I watched it like first thing. I actually had DMs of people asking me, have you watched it yet? I'm like, yeah, I texted you. And then, uh, and it was other people did too. Oh, really? Three or four people asked me like, have you watched it yet? I'm like, I will. And then there were some people I didn't even respond to until after. I'm like, okay, this was good. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Oh, it's just great. Uh, Okay. Why are people, here's the thing. I like Moses Ingram's character. I like Reva. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all, like you gotta think they're gonna do her backstory eventually, but she's kind of like, if I was Vader, I would like her first off because she actually gets things done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she she's not a Sith, right? But she would be a good Sith. You know what I mean? She's yeah. actually evil. Like there are little nuances with her, but she's not a flashy character. And I just don't get like first off, I saw somebody tweet if if Star Wars came out today, people wouldn't like Leia. And I'm like, I agree with that. Um, you think so? It's, it's, oh, I don't think they would, no. 
Why is that? Because she's a strong woman. Oh. And dude, come on. No, I, I didn't. On. Okay. No, I, no, no, sorry. I just, I didn't even think of it like that, but okay. sorry. Well, they would. They would. Oh, I'm sure that there's always a pocket of people who find something to complain about. That doesn't make them right. And it, in no way does it make them right. It's just, uh, there's always going to be people complaining. And it, this is incredibly wrong what people are doing. Like, like just get a grip. There was a video of like her Obi, her sorry, of Moses Ingram, Hayden Christensen, and Ewan McGregor like doing this interview, and she was saying, "Oh, I just hope people like it." Um, and I'm like, "That's just gotta be unfortunate that you're getting that stuff." Uh, again, it's not every Star Wars fan. It's just because there's just it's just a harsh community, which mm-hmm. that's not excusing it, but like, like we all know what knew what happened. Like, sorry, we all saw what happened with the guy who played like young Anakin. Um, Jar Jar's actor. Uh, like, listen, I'm convinced if if Empire Strike Back Strikes Back came out today, what would happen to Billy D. Williams if it was like, oh, you handed, oh, you handed Han over to the Empire? He would definitely get death threats. Hundred percent, he would. I I am not even kidding. He would. But nowadays, like, oh, Lando, we love you, dude. No. Like, what happened to the the, the woman who played Rose uh, in the pre in the uh, sequel trilogy too? Like. People would do that. It's just like you're Star Wars, man. This is awesome. This is a series we've been looking forward to for years. And she's a good actor. She's doing a good job. And like you're judging a character first off. We're halfway through the series. Wait. Yeah. And it's a show. Calm down. Yeah. Oh, that's the biggest thing. This is not real. Calm down. It's like you're sending death threats to Nazem Kadri not right yes calm down it is a it's game a sport of it literally to the people watching it it means nothing it means nothing listen i like gunji i wasn't gonna go send death threats to hayden christensen if you know gunji was killed mm. in like the show i wasn't gonna do that i don't like chris Kreider. i've never sent chris Kreider a death threat okay get help stop it calm down just you good person. Take a chill enjoy, pill. enjoy the show like what is actually wrong with you like i like seriously like alex i need help understanding this what Tommy. makes a person not even just for a show what makes someone think do you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna send this person death threats and racist stuff at them like what i need to know what makes people think that way uh, man is, i'm not even how too are sure. you raised? how I, I don't know. I'm sure there's like a George Carlin quote out there for that, but. Well, um, listen, you're not listening to this, Moses Ingram, but you're great. I like your character. You're doing a great job. You've outsmarted Obi-Wan. Like, she's a smart character, too. She drew out Obi-Wan. She's kidnapped Princess Leia. She's got a favor with Darth Vader. Not everyone can do that. Fewer to lift the tail. Okay. Remember uh, Krellen in Rogue One? Learn not to over, not yeah. choke on your aspirations. And that, and so. he died. She's a good character. Gets more done than like Maul. No offense, Maul. We Ooh. like Maul. <laughs> Maul got cut in half and he got killed again. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. He killed Satine, but then, you know, then he died. <laughs> have, some fucking, have some respect for Reva and Moses Ingram, losers. Like, seriously, like, get some help. Just yeah. Okay, we didn't spend half an hour on Star Wars. This okay, time, but- I sorry. I just I need I forgot to say something when we were talking about hockey. 
And it okay. has nothing to do with anything we talked about, but I talked about Nazem Kadri and just sparked a memory. Okay, that Bennington's a loser. He oh is. my god, can't he? I he's, it's the, some of the biggest babiness I've I've seen. What I mean, God give it's a it's what does that mean? What does that mean? Stop it! That's ridiculous. That's what do you know? What pisses me off probably the most is that he does the silliest things and then when when someone come goes after him it's no 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 it's not you're you're not going to go after me you're going to go after i don't know robert bertuzzo you're going to you're going to he's fake that pisses me off yeah, oh no, like come on like grow up i went to school with people like jordan bennington and they were the worst uh, I like I the way da- I like the way Daniel put it. Not everyone from Richmond Hill is like that. Okay. Yes. yes fair enough, Alex. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Alex, the Richmond Hill guy, has to make it clear they are not all awful. Um, I love he's like it was an empty water bottle. So what? You're oh my a God. loser. Shut um, up. <laughs> have you ever seen uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? By the way. No. I just saw a tweet where it's like Amber Heard will remember. The- oh, you haven't? No. Okay, never mind. This this joke isn't gonna land, but it's like a thing. Of, Amber Heard will remember this is the day she almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, it's, it's a, re- it's a reference know. to a movie line, by the way. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, shout out Johnny Depp, by the way. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, you know, uh, don't fake like domestic violence because it just devalues anyone who claims it in the future. Like, don't don't do that. That's disgusting. Um, anyway. Don't like Amber Heard. Don't like her at all. Um, but yeah, anyway, I like Star Wars. I like Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't like bad people who are also invested in those franchises, though. Okay. That's it. How are you? I'm good. Same okay, that's good. Are you ready to end the episode? Yeah. Okay. Well, are you waiting for me to promote the Nighthawks next, next game, I which mean, is tomorrow? <laughs> I... <laughs> Who are they playing, Alex? Uh, the Hamilton Honey Badgers in Hamilton. That's... Man, okay, so the That's Honey Badgers. Name, right? Yeah, it is. So that. Um... Okay, do you want to go? Or we just... well, let's just go through the names since we've started. Yeah, yeah, because some okay. of these are much better than. Uh... Welcome to war. God, ignore Thank that you if you can hear it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So go yeah. through, yeah. So we have the Fraser Valley Bandits. Good okay, name. not bad. Good six bad. out of ten. The Edmonton Stingers. Uh, six out of five out of ten. A five out of ten. Come on. The yeah. Saskatchewan Rattlers. Come on. Five. What's like, a well, rattler? Like a baby rattler? Like except yeah. it's the sound of a ball dribbling. Yeah, maybe. The Guelph Nighthawks. That's a solid. A That's like, a solid nine. ten out of ten. Well, because you're 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 employee the mod company guy Tupman. 10 out of 10. The Hamilton Honey Badgers. That's a 10. That's, that's a 10, that's a 10 that's and Nighthawk and I not. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. The, Niagara, the Niagara River Lions. Seven. Okay. It, it doesn't roll off the tongue as much, but it's still good. The Ottawa Blackjacks. Six. The Scarborough Shooting Stars. The I love the so I gotta be careful here. Seven. Okay. 
Shooting stars, I like that. Yeah, Montreal Alliance. Yeah, I know. You That's like a that zero. You don't, you don't like that. That's one. so bad. That's you- actually <laughs> so bad. Alliance? No. It's awful. It's no. four. You want to be Alliance and you want to go and be the, the best team. I was going to root for them, but no, not with that name. Well, that's because, that- that's because you're rooting for the Guelph Nighthawks, obviously. Okay, all right. Go. Is that everyone? No, one more. The Newfoundland Growlers, which... That you, yeah. how is that allowed? Because they're owned by the same, uh, same organization, the same organization that owns the hockey team, Newfoundland Growlers. You're out of 10, be more creative with your teams. <laughs> That's awful. What we, what, I mean, there's this league, there's that league. How lazy are you? Do you not want to pay for the other yeah. copyrights? Wow. Alex, you you're you're with the you're with the right group of people. I'll I am. Hawk is a good one. I'm, I'm aware. Company man, top man. Top man. I treat them and just be like that. Your cup employee of the month and I, just play. I, but I think they know. Good, good. Okay, that's everything. Um, yeah, TikTok. Every I don't know how many people kept to listen to this part, but TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, yeah. Spotify, Spotify Video, Spotify Video. Which always surprises me. Yeah. Um, I always come away from this. I want to start a Star Wars podcast. Okay, do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's do, do it. You do it. I'm okay with that. I'm like, let's do it. We can review. See, that's how we're going to get Daniel to get into this. Is we're going to do like a Clone Wars review. Oh, that'd be so fun. And then just work. And we, we would start with the Younglings arc so I can talk about Gunji. Okay. God, I love him. Give him his own. Give him a studio just about Gunji. Oh, I can't wait for bad bat season, dude. I can't wait. Okay, Alex, thank you for this. Goodbye. Da-da-da.